When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to a revolution, revolution. in puck. <laughs> this is the truth. There's a lot of social upheaval, but nothing, <laughs> nothing more profound than our revolution in podcasting, wouldn't you say? Right now, between I think. COVID, and, I feel yeah. like I'm ready to, worse. I'm ready to storm the Bastille right now. Yeah, yeah. We, it's I mean, time. It's time. We haven't introduced our guests yet, but um, I, 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 I wouldn't mind at some point having a rap remix of our two, of our, of our, of our, of our uh, theme song. That would yeah, I would ask whoever created the theme song to not quit their day job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Eli Braden, who does a lot of songs on Howard Stern. They're always about Robin's tits. Like, he's always <laughs> on. <laughs> so, any, any song about Robin's tits or Robin having yes. sex or kids related Eli. to those t- You know, so that's, yeah. that's, his, that's his oeuvre. Yeah, so he's it, not going to run out of material anytime. He, no. he will never run out of material. Well, let me, I'll introduce our guest while Danny chugs his, uh, what are you having again? White a little whiskey right now. Oh, yeah. somebody got sassy. A little red Being sassy with yeah. your beard. All right, well, Bun B, the mayor of Houston, professor at Rice that, University. Yeah. Your guest lecturer at Rice University, rapper, yeah. activist, I would say. Very big activists. I feel like you have been, you've done more for the city of Houston than most people <laughs> that are actually politically there. Like you have been. No, sometimes without even trying. Without even, even trying. But even more than Governor Abbott? <laughs> well, I, I would make an Abbott joke, but I'm pretty sure it, it wouldn't be PC. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, this show isn't PC, but oh, uh, yeah, my friend Bernard Freeman Bunby from UGK. Mm-hmm. What up, UGK? One I'm willing my... to make all the Dan Patrick jokes you want to make, though. Oh, that, oh that we can do that. Bring it. We fantastic. can make them all. Welcome. Danny and I have no problem making fun of anyone. So thank you guys so much for having me, man. I've been anticipating this for a while. Like this is a bucket list right here. You know? Oh my so, god! Oh my god! You have to live more of a life, is all I can say, Bun B. Um, <laughs> Mine is him saying it's a bucket list is my bucket list. Yeah, that and is being on this is actually. <laughs> Well, we're Actually, really, super happy. We're glad it worked out. I heard your jaw was numb the other day. I don't know if we're free to talk about uh, your mouth, but um, I just That's, did. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I guess we're there now. Well, yeah. because Danny no, and I have, no turning back. Yeah, Danny and I have the worst like dental issues constantly. Oh I my feel God. Like we always have a run for everybody. I'm like, oh, guess what just happened? This, I need a deep gum cleanse or something. Like I've had more so, dental issues. Me too. I don't know what happened. Like um, within like maybe the last four or five years, I've been having like this grinding issue. Oh, like a oh. DNA thing? Yes. Yeah, mine gets bad to the point where I break teeth. 
that's oh, recently what happened to mine is mine is clenching it's not like i right. grind them but it's like i wake up and it hurts like my jaw feels sore and then all of a sudden i had like this horrible toothache not that long ago it was like the whole half of my face was just like i could feel my heart beating through my <laughs> is that yeah, that's, how I felt. that's how i felt like monday but then no like and so but i have like a very high pain tolerance so that's, that's one of the many ways we differ right <laughs> <laughs> so like a broken tooth for me isn't a problem necessarily right. but like the, this last issue one of them broke to the point of like a point right oh, so God. it kept stabbing myself in the tongue like every time i talked or even trying when i ate it was even worse so i was just i was like i need to get this taken out just because of it, it being a nuisance but then there was another tooth that had broken off and it broke off like in the gum so oh, I basically yeah. just had like half a tooth inside the gum, but it wasn't like, it was tolerable. So I didn't make right. a big deal about it. And then when the other tooth broke to the point, I was like, well, if you're going to take that one, go ahead and get the other one out too while yeah. we're here. Oh my God. Yeah, That's... no, I, it's, I, I have no tolerance for tooth pain. And I also oh. am terrified of the dentist. So it's- Now when I got, an, when I get an infection though, I like, I'm, that's as high as my pain tolerance is when yeah. I get a tooth, like a, a, an infection, I'm out. Yeah. Like, like I remember the last time it was like three in the morning. I just got out of bed. We like, what's wrong? Where you going? I'm like, I'm going to the emergency room because yeah. my t my tooth hurts. And right. this is the guy. I break everything. Like I have no, like this knuckle's gone. That knuckle's gone from like boxing oh. fractures. I and same. I have. I break, every... I break stuff all the time. Like I'm I get, super I, get, I do you get the thing where like people have to point out to me that I'm bleeding? Like they're like, hey, yes. <laughs> like Jenny, your yes. arm is bleeding. I'm like, oh no, shit. How about that? Like, oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm, but the the tooth pain is like a whole. I had exactly bun. Like everything you're describing is what's happened to me. Like I had an infection. It, I, I, I'm, that kind of pain was like, it was so, it was unbearable, and I couldn't go to the emergency room because we're under fucking. I didn't want to go to the emergency room. That's like the worst place to go right now. Everybody's. Right. Sick, so I, I pulled the tooth out before, like at home. Like I'm what? I like, this, like this tooth is killing me. I have to get it out right now. Oh ah! my god! Like Castaway? Did you have like when Tom Hanks? Remember in Castaway, we took that like ice skate and like. Well, my thing was I just kept I just kept pushing it right, like from the inside. Oh. I just kept pushing it until it finally came oh out. Oh my god! See, if I'm as long guy, as there's I'm no the infection, I can do it. But the infection part is like. I was yeah. given a prescription for like, um, I forgot what the name of the shit like they No, 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 like an antibiotic. Oh, it's okay, it's okay, Danny, it's okay. Look, he's, he's, he's about to get okay. a blanket. And when, like, I was, no, when I was like, like six years old, I didn't do, my dad was not the most attentive dad and he wanted to go see a movie and he brought me, and the Here movie was go. Marathon Man. I don't know if you remember this movie, but in it, it was Dustin Hoffman and he's getting drilled by Lawrence Olivier is like a Nazi dentist and he's torturing him by taking his teeth. And that was a movie I watched at about age seven and it yeah, just fucked me up forever. Yeah. No. So like blood force trauma I can deal with, but it's no. nerve, it's like nerve issues, right? So yeah. broken bones, fractures, I'm good with that. Like I, I almost, too. I don't think I've ever been to a doctor for a broken bone. Like, well, I broke my hand in Dublin, like on gumball, so. I broke my hand on day one in Dublin and I went like six days with it broken, but the adrenaline kind of kept me going. And then like, once we got to the last city, it all like the pain came rushing back, 
but I was in Romania. So I had to go to a Romanian hospital. And it looks like exactly what you would think a Romanian <laughs> hospital looks what, like, right? Dracula was like your, uh, your surgeon. <laughs> put, it, put it like this. When I went to the front desk and I told them that I needed to go to the hospital, they were like, okay, hold on. We'll get the head of security. Oh, that's unbelievable. Not, and, not a and, physician, but it's head of security. Yeah, 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 yeah to yeah, take, totally. to, to escort me to the hospital. You get there and like the walls are puke green. Like every other door has a radioactive symbol on it. Every chair is broken. That is like so the old, like the some old Chernobyl guy. shit. Man. Yeah, no, like the old guy limping across the waiting room, like coughing, like kind of a thing. I go into registration, I bullshit you not. I go to registration and the computer screen, the computer doesn't work. So like they've literally taped like a photocopy of the home screen onto the computer. Oh my God. <laughs> that, and that, that brings confidence, right? You're just feeling like, I'm gonna get the best treatment here. And so the doctor tells me, he says, well, you have two choices. I said, okay, what are my choices? He said, well, first choice, we do surgery. We put pin and finger. Um, you don't use finger for four weeks. We take pen out two weeks. You're in good. And I'm like, yeah, you're not doing any surgery Which to me in this was hospital. This? It, was like, it was this pinky. Oh was, I, broke, I broke this hand. And so okay, I said, okay. well, that's not an option. I was like, what's the section, second option? He says, caveman. I said, what do you mean? He said, what does caveman do when caveman break hand? Caveman keep going. I'm like, oh, you went yeah. to the caveman option. Like, yeah, I went with the caveman. So you're, yeah. you're blue cross covered caveman? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I got, how are those I got, your two options? Well, surgery was not an option. If you looked at this hospital, surgery was not an option. So oh, when yeah. I came back home, my hand was looking like really jacked up. And so I went straight to the hospital when I got home. And the doctor was like, well, the bones are already recalcifying. So in order for me to fix it, I got to re-break it. I was, like, I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, I'm gonna, you're going to put your hand on this table. I'm going to put both of my hands on top of it, right, like this, and we're going to count to three, and I'm going to re-break your hand and see if I can push the bones back together. This is like you're in, a, you're like in Saw. You're in a Saw movie. You're like, do it, bring it, motherfucker, bring it. And I was like, and, and Queenie's sitting there like, no. And I'm like, okay, fine, let's see what happens. And so, so he's literally like one, to crack, like not even three, like. Oh, he, oh my God. And then after he cracks it, he grabs it with two hands and starts trying to push the bones. He's like, yeah, no, it's, it's not working. We're gonna have to do surgery. I'm like, look, at this point, I just wanna go home. I just, I'm like, just take me home. I'm not even, I'm not doing anything. And I had to perform like the next day with Beyonce in Dallas. So, so are you performing like with your hand, like all bandaged up and stuff? Pretty much. And I had done it in Romania. I had a show in Romania after I left the hospital. Like, they bandaged oh me God. in Romania. I go to the club, I get drunk in the club, and I bite the bandage off in the club. Like, I'm a very, I'm a very different kind of guy, Danny. You'll, no, you'll, you you'll are. Learn, I'm the guy, learn. like, I don't know, you know the war movie when they have, like, a group of people in a war movie, and there's that one guy, the minute the bullets start fighting, and he goes, I can't do it, man, I'm freaking out. <laughs> that, that's like, and then I get shot in the head. Like, that's, that's the extent of my... Um, Courage. I like, I don't think like when I, you know how some people are like very inspirational when they're dying of something and it's like, oh my God, he was so brave and all that. No, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to die in the most cowardly possible way. I'm not going to inspire anybody. Even my friends and family are going to be like, hey dude, man up a little bit, okay? I'm yeah, your last, your last word is going to be, owie. Ow, yeah, Kurt, ow. Kiss it. 
It's your fault. Why would you do that? Oh, man. Wait a minute. But do you think this is a product of, because you're from Port Arthur, Texas. Right. I'm from Bay City, Texas. We're coastal. We, when shit broke, like growing up, my parents were like, I broke nine of my toes at one time. My parents just told me to hobble down four doors because there was Dr. Raju who lived four doors down. Uh, for years, I thought he was actually a podiatrist. It turns out he was an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Ear, nose, throat, toes? Just, yeah, yeah. No, not toes. He just giggled. <laughs> he giggled the whole time. He, was, he giggled at everything and just told me to tape, you know, like splint my toes up together. And he, he goes, right. there's nothing you can do for broken toes. Was, and was, I this, a, was this a cheerleading accident? I have to, this was, this was I, I'm, I'm trying grade. to figure out how it do you was, break nine out of ten, like, which toe didn't break, all right? It, like, was the, it was the baby one on the right. Oh, it was and the one I, that went to market? Yeah, the one that went to market. But I tried to do a full, I tried to do a full Mary Loretton thing. Like I was uh, right. 11 years old in the backyard. I'm like, I had taken gymnastics. I had learned to do a back handspring, just learned to do it. And I was, well, as I did the back handspring, there was a little divot in the backyard, a little hole in my toes. Just, I heard it all like crunch. And I remember just, I fell on my butt and, you like when you, you stump your toe and you have that period of like three seconds before the pain? Like, right. It was like 30 seconds. I just sat there and like froze and all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> like oh. Wait, Jenny is telling a story about breaking nine of her toes at one time. Yeah. And my parents go, oh, hobble your ass down to the, you know, doc, the ear, nose, and throat doctor. And my dad was like, there's nothing you can do about broken toes. You just right. splint them up next to each other. So I had to walk around in sixth grade on crutches on my heels for like six weeks. Like this is. But you my guys parents, are so not Jewish, both of you. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it right off the bat. How, how, could, like, how could you tell, Danny? How I don't you know. Tell? You could be Sephardic. You know, you could well, be from one of the, the lost tribe. I, uh, you know, one of the lost tribes. It was when right. I told. I said your name is Bernard Freeman, and he was like Friedman. And I'm like, no, calm down. <laughs> is he a doctor? Um, uh, well, let's talk about something that isn't making my uh, my my Let's testicles crawl. go into my abdomen. How, uh, how what's going on? I mean, how is this affecting your music right now? I mean, are you able to record? Are you? I mean, are you recording? Are you? Yeah. I mean, so that's the easy part, right? Like like replicating the recording process at home, it's fairly easy, right? Right. But performing is it's not happening, right? Like there. There, there, there are people who are constantly working on different ways to do things virtually, and we're considering doing something virtually fairly soon. Uh -huh. um, but for the most part, man, I haven't really. I did one concert for the Fourth of July with the symphony in Houston, but no one was there. It was just like me, the symphony behind me, a conductor, and then like an entire empty like hall. Wow. And and. Like which because I've different. been doing yeah, like I've been doing Zoom comedy shows, which is not stand up. No, but totally. but you have the people unmute themselves. I can you know it's not stand up, but there is something Yeah, I tune yes, it's more like storytelling. I tune into the one you did and I feel yeah, like it's more like storytelling kind of thing, I, tr right? I treated it as that because I thought I'm just gonna treat it this way because it's not gonna be it's gonna be awkward if I try to do like my proper stand up so let me just do some storytelling let me but as a musician you can't what are you gonna sit here and just start it's, it's built it's it's kind of the same dynamic though right like it's right. built off energy right mm -hmm. so you can tell in real time you can kind of tell what's working and what isn't and you can right. make adjustments in yeah. the moment yeah right but but when it's virtual you're just kind of there and you, you you know it's 
you're there, you present it, and it's either going to be what it is or it's not going to be at all. But you right. really have no, you really have no say in the matter, right? right. You're just kind of, you're kind of doing it. So like, I don't know if I'm killing it or not. In the moment, I'm just going for it, right? Because there's no applause and no reaction. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I've had opportunities to do like stand up things with no audience, but it'll be live streamed. I'm like, no, I would, that would just sap every shred of confidence that I have left right now. <laughs> just like hit a punchline and just crickets. Like, no, oh, good. It. That's going to make me feel great. It's but, tough. I saw somebody trying to, like, somebody I know who's funny try and do like jokes early on in the Zoom thing, and it was like, yeah. Oh, it's painful because you require people. You require that feedback. But if you do have the Zoom audience and they, you can hear them laughing. Like that's that is right. something to be said for it. So at least that you're able to like flex that muscle, that comedy muscle. Because you know, if you're not on stage for, like, what's the longest fun that you've ever gone like without being on stage performing? Probably from birth until maybe eighteen, so like eighteen years. <laughs> No, but, but like then, once you did it, it started, then, oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like um, probably, where you feel probably, cold, you feel like oh, probably shit. now, probably like right now, you know, and then like, and yeah, and then you know, for me, like especially with rap, right? I don't know about every other form of music. Or I don't know how bands make it work, but like for rap, there's a lot of reciprocal energy involved, right? Yeah. Right. So oh, it's yeah. like, so it's like I'm performing, I'm, 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 I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing while I perform the crowd's into it, they're giving energy back, right? So there's a reciprocation right. of energy that goes back and forth, right? right? Yeah. But virtually there's nothing. So it's like exertion, exertion, exertion. And then you're just, you're just tired. Like Queenie was like, you did so good for the first song. And then after that, you were like, I can tell you were winded. <laughs> yeah. Cause I wasn't, no one was giving anything back. Right. right? Like that's the, that's the normal process. But I mean, recording is great, right? Because the the industry is set up for something like this right like now people still had to go to like record stores to get music right now the music industry would have fallen apart within like a month right right that's true because there would have been there would have been no way for people to get the product everything would have just you know the whole system would have needed to be reconstructed in the moment like in real time so as much as as some people especially older artists um do not like the digital aspect because I grew up in an era where it was really about having that physical product, right? Oh, yeah. It was about, you know, reading the liner notes, looking at the artwork. There was a lot that went into like, you know, presenting an album to people. Whereas oh, yeah. now it's it's just it's digital files, right? Yeah. In the midst of other thousands of digital files. Yeah. So so the presentation of music is much different. But I've had a few years to assimilate to the process and to get my fans kind of assimilated to it. And so, you know, it's it, this this entire situation that's happening is actually very conducive to the way music is presented to people. So all you have to do is find a safe way of recording and you're good. Yeah. So we're, we're doing a work. Um, and I had a lot of product already worked on. Right. So I was working on like three different albums simultaneously when this hit, because my thing is, you know, I'm a rapper. Things happen to rappers all the time. Right. Sure. Like it's very, very crazy out here. And so my thing is to just create music, create music, create music. So that in case, you know, something crazy happens to me, Queenie has a lot of music that she can continue to release and live off. And then some other guy will come and live in my house off of our music. <laughs> but, 
God forbid that happens, but I mean, I think Tupac still has an album that's yet to drop, right? It's like, it's like it, I, I do remember for years, like, it felt like for years afterwards, there was a new Tupac album. Right, because he was a very proficient performer and yeah. creator. And so in the time that it would take the average artist to construct one song, sure. a guy like Tupac would have already made three or four songs in that time. And I kind of work in that same way as well. So it doesn't take a lot of time for me to make music. So I was in New Orleans, you know, with Manny Fresh. He and I were making an album together. I was working with this guy um, from uh, Atlanta named Zaytoven. I was working with this other kid from Houston who lives in Atlanta as well named Corey Moe. So I was already knee deep in three different projects. Uh -huh. And so now we're finishing up the, the space upstairs in order so I could have like a in-home recording setup. Oh, nice. And then once I get that final, which is very cheap, right? It's not an extensive yeah. process, right? Like the computer, you know, kind of subs as the board, so to speak. So all the tracking and everything happens within the computer. So all I needed is basically this one little box that connects the microphone to the computer and then connects the, um, the speakers, the monitors, yeah. right? Wow. And so it, it's a very minimal setup. And, but it, and then a lot of everything happens away from here. Like I'm not a producer, so I'm not making beats or whatever because that right. requires a lot more equipment and i'm not the engineer that's going to mix and master the album so i don't need that equipment either i just need something for me to rap in so it's very minimal the stuff i mean what, I, need is, for is, it, I mean is it, a, it it's more than a click track though right it's it's you're, you you have a beat you're rapping to or yeah yeah definitely okay cool but so like the producer actually you know when uh like danny when we had josh mankowitz yeah on, uh so Bond, do you ever watch Dateline, NBC? And Josh Mankiewicz, and he was saying he never even goes in the office because he figured out a setup in his closet to do his voiceovers. So when you're watching Dateline, it's like, well, Tina came home and whatever. He goes, oh, I just go in my closet. And I have figured out a setup that he could just, like, have, has his microphone and everything set up. Where That's where Charles does his stuff. Charles literally set up oh, really? <laughs> a space and so he does all his podcasting at home and all his radio show. Wow. He does it all in the closet because, you know, that's where married men are usually relegated to for private space <laughs> is, is a closet. Like, I don't, I don't understand these husbands that are allowed a man cave. Like that's amazing that you get like this whole space. Yeah. You get a room. But don't you think it's bad yeah. that you have to get your own room and your own house? Or mm. I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to that. That's cool. uh, right there. Okay. So. All right. No, you stay where you, you stay where you are. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah, we don't want to. I don't, don't want to lose. I don't want to lose any more space than I've already lost. No, 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 no. It's no, it's, it's, it's always good to have more queen. than half your stuff. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I'm making it work. You know, and we, you know, we're very homebodied anyway. So, like, and the queen is a germaphobe as well. So we're not really going anywhere, and we don't really thrive off of human contact anyway i can sit on my sofa for the rest of my life and watch yeah. office repeats and i'll be fine like it doesn't <laughs> bother me at all i'm a creature of habit so i can wake up every day eat the same food watch the same thing literally the same thing on television every day for the rest of my life and i'd be fine that's oh, amazing again another thing we have in common i'm like oh good 30 rock reruns <laughs> I'm let's down. do it. Yeah, let's do it. I'm good. Okay. Oh, wait. Chicken nuggets? The interesting thing about this period of time is like I can tell the people, my friends especially, who have been faking that they've been in a really good relationship or actually in a really good relationship. Because the ones who are actually in a really good relationship sound like you. Like they're like, we're happy. We see each other. It's not. 
the ones who are, who I've always thought had this veneer of like the perfect couple. I, I, I've gotten calls from both parties in that couple. It's like, I'm going to fucking kill that. I'm going to, I'm going to kill him. And she's like, <laughs> she does this thing with her jaw that is oh. driving me. Like, it's like if they can't get away. So oh, I, I, I would tell you, I posed this question on my social media before I was one of my headlining shows, uh, my zoom shows. For everyone to just please tell me if you're quarantined with your significant other, just tell uh, me the stupidest argument, the stupidest uh, argument you've had. Whop, I wish I could just the, the amount of things. It's like he put cheese on his food, but not mine or our kids because we're rationing it. Like, fuck that shit. <laughs> like <laughs> he put a passcode on the thermostat, like 27 years of marriage. This is how it ends. I cannot believe like everyone. It is, I was reading these, like, just tears running down my face. Like, this is the funniest shit because, and also the parents that are, like, with their kids, like, look at how cute. That shit's not cute anymore. Those not kids, anymore. Those kids are not cute anymore. They're homeschooling well, them. <laughs> like, well, for me, it's easy because I operate from a, a space of deferment, right? So, <laughs> Queenie's right, I'm wrong. As long as we keep that dynamic, everybody's happy. You have, you have found, yes, you should, the yin to your yang. It's perfect. That's it. That's it's, it. I, <laughs> I love Bunny. I just sit back and I'm like, what, honey? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I did something yeah. wrong. We, I we can coexist. We can coexist. We can coexist. But you know, you, only time I, it gets sketchy is when I try, to, I try to assume that I'm right about something. Then it gets sketchy. And then I have uh, to remember, no, idiot, you're wrong. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can go be right in the closet. That's a, you get to be right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. closet be right. Wait, so you, you saying that you're not a, I, I know that, like, I've gone to plenty of, like, we've gone to Rockets games, Texans games, like, you and I have hung out. And, I, but people come up to you, they need to understand, like, I've, we I walked around moving NRG Stadium one time because we were going to a game and it was freezing and you had, like, come from <laughs> Dallas and you were wearing shorts and a short sleeve shirt. Right. It was super cold and we were trying to find you a sweatshirt and we walked around everywhere. Every single person stops you, wants a picture. You never say no. You're the most like personal individual. Like you've always Because I don't think people can handle it. I don't think because there's only there's only two buns, right? There's the bun, you know, and then there's the other bun that nobody really wants to see or meet. Right. So and I'm and the crazy thing, Jenny, is I tell people all the time, I'm not a people person. I, yeah. I really, that's why I said, like, me being home right now, it's fine. I don't, I don't need literal human contact. I can sit right here in this house by myself and be fine. Yeah. So me having the job that I have and, like, who I am in the city is counterproductive to me as a person, right? Huh? right. I've always found it amazing that this is the space that I found myself in, the person who tried to avoid human interaction at all times. My entire life is built around human interaction, right? right. Like that's how I pay the bills. Well, that's how I'm looked at in the city, right? Very personable. Right. I've talked I've to painted people like you. Like, like you remind me like you're, what you're talking about is like from the show, from Modern Family when I worked with Ty Burrell, who's also like affable and out there, but doesn't have the need to be out there. But like I, when I was talking to him, I got like, and I've talked to other people who have some renown, it, I do think the performers who are like you, it's almost like whatever needs you have for human contact are taken care of in that performer audience dynamic. So you're satiated in that. 
And then you can try right. to build on. Do you find that for you as well? Yeah, like I don't need to be me when I'm not working, if that makes right. any sense. Right. Uh, totally. Right. Like I don't I don't feel the need to be Bun B and need that constant reminder that I'm somebody of influence or a celebrity, yeah. whatever you want to whatever term you want to apply to it, right? Like I don't feel I don't need to be satiated, as you said, Danny, in that way every day to be constantly I don't need to be reminded of who I am. I'm very secure with the normal, regular nobody, right? That that yeah. I am at home because I am not Bun B at home at all. I'm yeah. Bernard, right? Yeah. And I Bernard like knows his place. Yeah, Bernard <laughs> seems to. Bernard is, seems, if I'm being honest, quite frightened right now. I'm getting <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'll admit it. No, I'll admit it. I don't I don't run anything in this house. Doing it nation, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source. For all your betting needs and find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball scores, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, <laughs> esports, and and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50. CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online hyphen. Where the game starts! <laughs> exclamation point. So, so, so then, so then let, cause what I like though, is you don't, the thing is you don't hide though. And this is the thing that like, especially given the times we're in, like the call that you've taken to activism, if you'd like talk about that a lot, because you know, this has been like, this moment feels different. I can only speak as like a middle-aged white guy, I'm sure um, been passively part of the problem um, in some way, but you, I, I 100%, does, 100%. but it does feel like there's been it, it feels like things can't, like, I don't know, like a flip switch, o only 150 or 300 years too late, but, but, it, but it does feel like something's switching. So how did you, like, did you feel like, you, you obviously felt called to like, well, this is, to, this is the message you've been putting out there forever. How does it feel right. that it's like, how does, do you feel from your perspective, because it doesn't matter what I feel, do you feel from your perspective that it's finally like clicking with, with people? Do you feel like there's a sea change finally? Or are you skeptical? I wouldn't. There, well, there's, there's definitely progress that's been made right now. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't put a, a Bush congratulations banner. No, on top, hardly. on top of the wardship by any means, but I don't feel as alone. I think that's the biggest change, right? Yeah. That people who have been fighting this fight, like, We've got a lot of a lot more company than we normally have, yeah. And that's you know, and that feels good, right? Yeah. Like we're not because you know most people that operate in this space, basically, it's been like the same twelve people every time, right? Like yeah. something happens, and me and the other eleven people in the city who give a damn show up every time, and it's just been us. But now the numbers have been you know increased immensely, so we're not necessarily alone in these calls for justice. And yeah. equality, and that's that that does provide a level of comfort, right? Like there's yeah. some days where I where I realize like you know, I don't have to be at everything all the time because there are now other people who care yeah. about what I've always cared about, 
Right. Yeah. Right. Because I have other things that I, you know, I, I have the grandkids, my son and his wife caught COVID. So even with like yesterday, there were like 80 different people who got arrested in Louisville, Kentucky from protesting in front of the attorney, the Kentucky's attorney general's house. Right. I saw that. And, right. And I'm supposed to be there with it, but I had the toothache issue going on. Yeah. But because of the fact that there are so many other people willing to step up right now, I don't feel even though I feel the need to be there, I don't. I know that if I don't go, that there are others who will go. Because before it was literally, you know, if I don't say something or do something, nobody will, right? right. And so that's that's the responsibility of the level of influence that I have. So that even though I don't want to be around people, I do recognize that if I don't take action, there are not a lot of other people who are going to take action. And even if there are other people, they may not get the attention that I would get, you know what I'm saying, and be able to bring attention to the matter in the way that I would. So there's a responsibility to having that level of influence. It can't just be about getting a good table at dinner and yeah, right. get getting the new Jordans early and that kind of stuff, right? Like yeah, you have absolutely. to use that, you have to use that for the common good, right? And I always find myself because I'm an elder statesman, right? In in my art form, right? So, and you know, it's me and it's like 500 other kids that are 25 years old. And I remember that none of this level of responsibility existed in me when I was there. Me, right? There, yeah, and so, and I understand that. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask a child to not be, you know, continue to be a child, right? So right. if they're young and they're still just enjoying life and, you know, they don't have any, kids they don't have a wife at home they're just really enjoying themselves and they don't really have that level of awareness right like i'm like it's okay i'll go right you know it's like hey man tommy's drunk off his ass again somebody's got to go talk him off the roof you know everybody else is laughing and filming i'm the one that's gonna have to go yeah you're the Tommy down right i'm i'm the voice of reason from from my respective hip-hop community right and so now there are a lot of other people who who kind of get it, right? right. They, yeah. they get it and it doesn't have to be impressed upon them, right? So they're like, yo, this is fucked up. I need to say something, I need to take a stand. And they do have a voice as well, right? And they speak to the young people. So then yeah. that's a other big difference in shifting this, that it's usually older, more settled people, people who have been in the world, they're more seasoned, they kind of understand how things work. And so they're, they're um, I guess their level of awareness to these situations are higher, right? Sure. Um, but it's it's but when young people activate, things all change always happens. Always, yeah. right? Sure. Change always right. happens. Yeah. So you look at even when and I see everything here that's happening in America now kind of mirrors the movement that happened in India a while back, where like shit yeah. was fucked up, and so the young people use social media to congregate, to come together, and you know form alliances and to protest and rally in numbers. That's kind of what's happening now. So yeah. they don't need to. They don't need the OG out there every day for, for you know what I'm saying. Think, even though I'm aware, even though I'm able, right? I'm willing yeah. to go. I would have took my broken tooth ass out there if they would have <laughs> needed me, but they, they told me I was good. Yeah, and they still need you. I mean, they, you know, it's it, I, you I still you still got to show up and uh, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Rem yeah, remind yeah. them that you're there because you you do I'm, have a huge influence. You have a huge influence, in and you have a megaphone, and I think everywhere. Like, and I think when you're given, you're lucky enough, you know, you've earned that megaphone. But then it's, right. what you, it's what you do with that megaphone. And I, I, I watch people, and this isn't, I watch people of all races waste that opportunity sometimes. You know, I see like people, it's like, really, that's what you're going to do with your platform right now? Like, you right know, now, right? 
you actually have a chance to like affect, like I think about like, I just like, I, I'm not gonna get into a whole Trump thing, obviously I have, um, I'm not a fan. You've done that enough. But like you're well represented like, in that. Yeah. But but if you think about it, the simplest fucking thing that guy had to do. Like every, like like most presidents, like even the shitty ones, when all the shit goes when, when when there's like an attack or something, their popularity goes up because they have to do just a minimal amount of stuff and suddenly everybody this guy couldn't do the minimum. He couldn't put on a fucking mask. He couldn't give a shit about making sure like people were protected. He couldn't come out and say, holy shit, you, th th this, this man was murdered in front of all of us from multiple camera angles. We need to fucking shut that shit down. And, and, and he couldn't even fake it. And it's like, you talk about like the weight and, and you see what the result of that is. We're the worst, you know, this, this country is like, every other country has figured out COVID. You know, every other country's figured out guns, you know, every, you know, and, right. uh, and, and, and we, and we can't get it together. So I, I'm like a, I'm a big, I mean, I, I, my hat's off to you. Well, now it is. Um, of, uh, of, uh, oh shit, uh, put it back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's crazy on. bald. Oh, my, <laughs> my shit's worse. My shit is much worse. No, I get no, it. No, is Not it? Worse. Come on. Yeah, I'm George, I'm George Jefferson under this cap. I Are you really? Yeah, I yes. would kill to be George Jefferson right now. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I look like a Batman villain. What I love about you, Bon, is that every time we hang around each other, every time we've gone to Rockets games, Texans games, we've. I think the only thing we haven't gone to is an Astros game together. We got to do that. We have we to actually, do that. We have to actually have to do that. We have I've to got the end now. I've got the end now. Big enough hint right there. I am with the family. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually really good friends with the son of the owner now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's Jerry Crane, whose nickname is Bone. <laughs> I've never I've never met a I don't I don't tell him that, but I've never met a white person named Bone before. Like that's Bone? that's a new one for me. Bone. Yeah. Wasn't that the guy the doctor on Star Trek? Bones? It's bones. Oh, bones. plural. Bones. Plural. There's just, the difference. You're right. It's a singular bone. That is kind of a, that's a hard I mean, there's bone thug, but he was. Bone oh. crane? My is assistant, he, my assistant manager's nickname is bone. That's why it's more off-putting for me because my assistant <laughs> manager is off-putting. Yeah, but you know, I, I, you know what I mean? I'm not really a people person. And so I used to be a dick about it. Like, I used to mm -hmm. not really take a lot of pictures and stuff like that. And the thing that changed me was I, I go to South by Southwest. Oh, and what year was I normally it? perform. That's a good question. I can't even remember because I've been I've been performing at South by Southwest since maybe 2008, 2009. Like I was okay, one of the wow. first hip hop acts to actually perform yeah. at South by Southwest. But and I usually don't go until the music part starts. Right. But my judge was premiering his new film at the time. It was called Extract, and it starred Jason Bateman. And so I wanted to not only see the movie, but I felt like, because, you know, just based off Office Space, I felt like if my judge knows who the Ghetto Boys is, he's got to yeah. know who Bundy and UGK yeah. is, right? So I go there 100%. trying to find some way to to meet my judge. I don't get to see him on the red carpet or whatever, so I'm like, but I know there's a Q&A after, so I'm like, I'll just wait for the Q&A and I'll, I'll ask a question. And so everything runs like really late, like nothing starts for like an hour, the movie doesn't start for like an hour. And so I asked the question and in the middle of him answering it, my judge becomes aware that, holy shit, like you're, you're bun B, uh -huh. right? Cause I'm actually, I'm actually acting like a, asking a genuine question about how the movie came together and what was the inspiration and all of that shit. 
And so after it, you know, I'm invited into like their private area. I get to meet Mike. I take a picture with Jason and I'm like, you know, obviously I'm a big fan of Jason's or whatever. And I ask him why, why did everything start an hour late? And so he tells me that, you know, Jason Bateman, who, you know, obviously was a child actor and right, famed yeah. very early in life or whatever. And, um, but lost everything because he would, you know, he actually admitted, you know, he was a dick. He was an asshole about it. Very young, did drugs and everything and yeah. lost, lost it all. Right. And then has this career resurgence, obviously around Arrested Development and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And so now he's like so grateful and so gracious that he's like been reintroduced to the world that he now takes every picture, shakes every hand, talks Amazing. to everybody. Yeah. And so that's why he's an hour late coming in because of that. And so I start thinking like if Jason Bateman can do this and he's like a big major star, right? Why don't I, instead of waiting for me to lose everything and then try to get it back, why don't I now, while I'm still actually beloved yeah. by people, uh, <laughs> you know, to actually start taking pictures with everyone? Because I, I'll be honest, I was a, I was a dick about that shit. Well, how old, you know what I'm how, saying? How, how old were you when you had this epiphany? Probably 34, 35. That's about when men grow up a little bit. I mean, I find it's like uh, we're, we're basically children till I, I felt. I think I was till like about thirty-three. Here's the secret: women are too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Stop we're just, it. We're no. just as equally immature. Trust me. Yeah, I'm, but like when, it, when it comes to when it comes to boundaries, right? Like, right. I feel like male fans handle boundaries better than female fans, right? Because yeah. if you're allowed to For meet sure. Beyonce, right? If you're allowed to allowed to meet Beyonce, like you have to be a very like erratic kind of fan to think that you can just hug and grab and touch on Beyonce, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But with men... I got like my ass kicked. I got my ass kicked, really. <laughs> I wish I could have that moment back. I uh, I really apologize. I actually I actually have Beyonce's number in my phone. And I've only, I've only used it once um, because it For was Taylor? during Harvey. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So, uh, oh my God. So Taylor and Beyonce have the greatest relationship. I know that's... <laughs> And with right? Drake, like, right? Like, yeah, they, this they is Bun's out. granddaughter, by the oh. way, who like is like the most popular person. With, like it's everyone knows there, there have been stories, like you can Google Bunby's granddaughter and you'll uh -huh. see like stories on different blogs about my granddaughter, right? And the proximity that she's had to celebrities, right? Like amazing. It's it's ridiculous. If you look at it, you'll well, be like, like Drake went to her birthday everybody. party, right? Like, like flew in. Like, like flew, flew in, in for her birthday party. From <laughs> like, Canada. And he's like, yo, I heard it was Taylor's birthday. I want to show up. And I'm like, yeah. that that's why you're here? He's like, well, I'm doing some other stuff too. But yeah, like I definitely want to make sure I do that. And, her and it was like her was seventh in, birthday or something too, right? Like she was And she was in it was in us it was at a skate rink in Alvin, Texas. So it's not oh even God. in it's not even in Houston proper, right? Did you get Nolan Ryan to show up though? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. No one just rolled in, like, hey, yeah, with some up? with some hot dogs, right? Yeah, just not <laughs> remember that time I, I beat up Robin Ventura. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's that's just a that's a cool story, though. It's good that like you have you know there is something about like if you last long enough in the business. Like, and you know, and you become aware of the ups and downs of it, you like lock into what's important. And it's like those who don't really crash and burn. I mean, we've 
all Jenny too. We work with people who thought like, you know, they hit it big and they think like, oh, this is it. It's like, fuck it. You know, and they, and it's like, it's fucking fleeting. You know, I, oh, I, I took a, I took a rapper um, to Sharpstown Mall, Jenny. That's how long ago it was. I took oh, him to Sharpstown Mall, oh, which, is, which isn't even called Sharpstown Mall anymore, right? Oh my God. And yeah. he was, he was the shit. Like, yeah. at the time I took him to this mall, he was the, he shit. Was the shit. And this mall is literally the home of his core demographic. And, you know, and that's kind of Bunby's thing, right? You come to Bunby, you come to Houston, you do a show, Bunby picks you up, I take you to Frenchie's for fried chicken. And I take you around the city, right? That's where I have my and, drivers. Like when I land, I've had like gotten picked up. I'm like, can we go through Frenchies <laughs> first before you drive? <laughs> like, I just need to go. You Frenchies had to. I'm sorry. You just for a quick pit stop. To. Yeah, I, yeah. I had to go through Frenchies every time. I don't care. I don't so I took this guy to Sharptown Mall, and like people were, were literally. There's so many people that came up to him that we had to run into Foot Locker, and Foot Locker had to put the gate down. Oh my god! Right, and I was like, look. Um, they're going to bring mall security around. And if you want to go out and take some pictures with some of the people, right. And yeah. I'm like, nobody's going to fuck with you. Right. You're with me. So yeah, nobody's yeah. going to like, nobody's going to touch you. Like your yeah. jury is safe. You're good. Nobody's yeah, going to yeah, fuck yeah. with us. And um, he's like, nah, fuck that shit. I don't really like doing that shit anyway. And so he literally turned down the opportunity to go out and take pictures with people and like, just commiserate yeah. with the fans. He actually turned his back and started shopping for sneakers. From people oh. he didn't even like interact through the gate and oh. that dude is he's done yeah. he, he, he probably lasted two more years and he's done to the point where he can't even come back yeah right? so it's all karma you know what i'm saying that shit's yeah, all karma. it is it's karma and you also like you know things go away and you have to be a good person after it's all done it's like it's like the pro athletes who like you know it's like the, you know these things are up and down. i mean some people go the whole time and god bless them and me you know i hope i do but you know you don't you better have something else to like you better be a person, you know. You be a I mean, you need to you need to appreciate it, right? Yeah. Because fame yeah. is famous flee. It's fleeting, right? Like yeah. we're not all going to be Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt out here. You know what I'm saying? I'm very close to Brad Pitt. You can tell by the beard. Yeah, I thought like, wow. You but you can't break. forget where you. But you can't for like forget where you come from. Like you're the biggest Port Arthur, Texas. Like PAT, everyone knows where Bud B's from. Every like I'm from. I always, you know, like out here, people ask where I'm from. I always say Houston because it's no yeah. one's going to know Bay City. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. it's just South. But I'm like, I, I always like I take such pride in where I'm from, especially when you move out of where you're from. Like I moved from Houston to L.A. and you become so much more of a like Houstonian when you're right. Uh, you know, and especially and when you're not there. And I, yeah. I have to correct people all the time. Right. And if I don't. There's been like maybe three instances where someone said, well, you know, you're from Houston and this like that. And I didn't correct them in the moment. Right. And like Facebook lights up. Oh, and, and it becomes like, you see that? That motherfucker didn't say he was from Puerto yeah. Rico. He didn't correct them in that interview piece of shit. But, you know, those people, those people are looking for reasons to not like me. Right. And right. it's so funny because I have people that I went to school with that I didn't fuck with. Mm -hmm. And now like their kids are like rappers or whatever. And if I don't support them, it's like they already have an idea of who I am based on who their parents are. And yeah. I have to be like, well, who did your dad tell you he was in school? Yeah. Let me dis let me dispel that myth. Yeah. You know your, dad <laughs> your dad was a pussy. Like yeah. he was not. I don't know. Yeah. I, you're scared of your dad. No one else on planet. Yeah, Earth you're the only one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, I'm gonna tell you, your your dad ran the projector. That's who he yeah. was. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, I look on my Facebook. He's the president of the AV club. That's yeah. who your dad was. I say one that keeps getting me is I'll look at my, my Facebook page and all of a sudden there, there's so much with politics and who's yeah. wearing a mask and, and, and the people that are like, oh, you don't need to wear a mask. It's a hoax. I'm like, you copied my science homework. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. terrible at it. So I'm going to listen to you. Like, you're an idiot. You've been yeah. an idiot since math class. I have it on my Facebook. Like yeah, it's, all, it's, been all, an idiot. it's all the dummies who are like yeah, from my hometown in Jersey. It's like I can tell. It's like, oh wow, you never really bettered yourself. You're you're just as dumb as you were in when you were 15. But cool. like, I, not I'll, dumber. I'll, I'll, not dumber. I'll pick my battles with people. So like, I mean, if somebody just asks where I'm from and I don't really want to engage, it's easier to say Houston. Because yeah. I can just say that and go, but if like, well, it's the point of reference, right? Like it's a point of reference for people. And I'm like, close enough, you know, because if you yeah. try to sit there and explain where Bay City is and how far it is from Houston or whatever, it, yeah. it kind of takes away from everything that we're doing in the moment anyway. So like, right. fuck it. I'm like, yeah. you know where yeah, Galveston yeah, sure, is, right, where Corpus is. Okay, Galveston's here, Corpus is here, Bay City's right in the middle. And then yeah. everyone's already lost interest. I'm like, well, you fucking I, I didn't, <laughs> like there's actually like a birthday for Houston right that's celebrated every year and so i was on the news for one of those birthdays with the guy and the guy was like well you're from houston right you know you're from here or whatever and i was like yeah sure you know whatever right, right. And so i don't i don't want to i don't want to have to correct you in the middle of a live news broadcast right, right. It's literally like it's like well let's take it over to bun b on houston day kind of a thing and i didn't want to i didn't want to get in the whole thing and correct them like it, it became this whole thing bun b it was like literally Bun B denies Port Arthur kind of a thing. And I'm oh, like, man. Yeah. And I'm like, every other moment of my waking life, I've always talked about this town. And then in this specific, but that's how much pride people have about where I'm from. It's like, you know, it's, well, it's a big what thing, you, right? Look at what you did, the big pimpin' video. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Like, Not, in the moment, nobody cares, Jenny, because I'm still Bernard to them. Right. Yeah. Like I have a lot of people I'm in school with who find it very hard to believe that I am who I am in life. Right. Because you'll have people in your you'll have people in your life that like they'll they'll judge you and they'll be like, OK, well, I'm the varsity football player. Right. So I'm better than everybody else from class of 91. Right. We're all class of 91. But I was the shit in 91 in our school. So I'm always going to be better than everybody else that was in my graduating class, right. right? And then they end up becoming whoever it is they become, and then I became who I am, and it just doesn't sit well with them, Yeah. right? They just can't, they can't, they really they can't handle it. Like it's eating them up inside that they didn't go pro in football or whatever, and then yeah. here I am with Jay-Z and all these people and, and what my life has become, and it just, it eats them up inside. And that's not my problem, that's your fucking problem. Oh, no, I've had five people. I tell my kids all the time, like like when they're like when they're growing up and like coming through school, it's like peaking in high school is maybe the worst thing you can do in your life. It's like these little failures that you might have here and there, it's like that shapes you and you go on. I know very few people in my circle, like who are successful or people in other fields who are like they were like they, they, they were the complete shit. Like they had their struggles coming up. You know, they didn't yeah. have it like handed them on a, on a silver, you know, not a lot of prom Kings and Queens go <laughs> on to, uh, to, to greatness. I always tell them. So. No, no, never, I know. never. That's an anomaly. That's an anomaly. If they ever, if yeah. high school isn't the peak for the homecoming mm. King and Queen, that's an anomaly. Like that is, 
Uh, well, um, we're, we're about, I, we, it's, I think we got to wrap up, but um, oh. I, oh, I know it's oh. like, you know, we've got an hour 15. Um, <laughs> I, this is what I want. Is fun. I know, I, know, I really fun. enjoy this. I hope you'll come back. I, I feel like I just want to talk to you more, but here's a couple questions just before we go. We always talk about things. We, what, what's sustained you? You mentioned office reruns through this COVID thing. What else are you watching that you love now? Is there anything like that you, you're watching that like, and it doesn't, you know, doesn't have to be highbrow, it can be shit, does anything. What's getting you through? I really like, there's a show on Netflix called Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. One. I just finished the first it's, season. It's amazing. Like, yeah. the job that he does. Like, oh, and I've seen, him, I've seen him in so many other different things. Killing right? Murphy, right? Yeah, yeah Killing. You know, he's in yeah. 28 Days Later and Dunkirk and all of that. But yeah. the, the dead eye stares that he Holy gives shit. on the show... And you're only in season one. Like, it only gets better. That's what everybody says. Yeah. Everybody says it's it, like, it's it like, gets up. It only gets better. And, but, I mean, I seriously underrated how good he is. Uh -huh. Because I'm, I'm literally scared of him. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm literally scared of him as a person. Like, it would be very off-putting if I saw him in person and he didn't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. it would, like, it would take everything away from, from me um i also like is it is it great news is that what it's called uh great the one that has uh nicole richie in it yes it? yeah 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 i think yeah, it's I they only did two season I, yeah but i i, I love it I, and that I was a tina fey was, show wasn't that wasn't that like her didn't she produce it yeah, yeah yeah and i think i think the creator was a writer for yeah yeah Rock, right yeah it was tina fey or robert carlock and uh, one of those guys, yeah. So that's and then, and what's that actor's name? I'm gonna forget it, but he was so he was in um, uh, Best in Show. He, and, yeah, he's in. He's in. Oh yeah, the, he's great. Um, documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got three names. He's got yeah, three Michael names. something. Right. It's Michael yeah. something something. But he's I always think got right? him in he's, Best in Show was a fuck up. You just got to You just got to get out of the way of him, right? Yeah, yeah. he's so good. Got to get out of the way. He's so good. Um, I. I will say that uh, Dave on Hulu. Yeah, FX, Dave's he's, huge. He's Dave, FX, yes. And I didn't know shit about it. And I just was like, oh, I'll watch an episode. Burr, plow through the whole fucking thing. That so good. Truly and it's, so, it's, so it's, good. It's, it's, the beauty of Dave, right, is the yeah. same thing that makes Atlanta such a good show. Okay. It's because it's, it's seriously nonlinear, right? So... It's not like there's some kind of conflict that starts in episode one that has to be rectified by the end of the yeah. season. Like they go on these one-off episodes that center around these minimal characters, yeah. right? And it's it's such brilliant writing it's on so Dave. Great. And, and I, I told Scooter Braun, so Scooter Braun is one of the executive He's producers. A, exactly. Yeah. And so I told him, I called him like right after it started. I was like, yo, this show is great. And then when I get by, like, get to like episode five, I'm like, this fucking show is brilliant. And he calls me one day, like, which is very random. I'm driving and I'm like, oh shit, Scooter Braun's calling. Let me answer the phone. And it's literally the entire cast of Dave. Stop on, like, it. On, no. like a group, on like a group FaceTime call. Oh my and God, that's it, awesome. It took everything for me to not fan out in the moment, right? Know, and then, like, Dave, because he's obviously an, an artist, right? He's like, right. Oh, oh, Bun B, you're, so, you're the shit. I love it. I love it. And I'm just trying to be very cool about it in the moment. I'm like, look, you guys do a great job. I really like the show. You'll Was keep Andrew up the Santino good work. on that call? Everybody. And Andrew, then I hang up. He's a buddy like, of mine. 
And I told Queen, I'm like, they just fucking call me. Like, they, they just call me. It's just insane. Um, and, and, but I really appreciate work that's really well done, right? Yeah. And in another life, that would have been my aspiration. Oh, that's right? to be a To be a comedic, either writer or actor, but probably writer first, right? Yeah. I am... I am so enamored of sitcom people. That's why when she, when Jenny, when you sent me the script signed by Danny, I, it really blew me away, right? Because <laughs> and that meant the I'm world so to me. That meant the world <laughs> no, to me. No, but it, 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 it blows my mind how, you know, a sitcom. And then nowadays, right? Like sitcoms don't necessarily have to be. And I feel like Norman Lear kind of set the tone for yeah. the ability to insert like real world situations. For sure. In the sitcoms, right? Where it's like, okay, yeah, this is a comedy, but we're not going to ignore what's happening in the world. Yeah, we can go right? And how real that. life shit. Yeah. Right, you know what I'm saying? And you guys do such a great job of that. Oh, I okay. always wondered why, and this was my question for you, Danny, oh, like a lot of the early seasons of Modern Family kind of centered around Ty's infatuation. Yeah. With, uh, with, with or his it was more like he she made him nervous but why we let it go go away because i think yeah. that our feeling was cuz we always liked those moments with sophia but it if you dug in any more it was creepy like it was just sort of like and even then it was like we were sort of i feel like there was an episode or two right about the time when we abandoned it where it, it was maybe like, went too far a little bit for me. And, you know, we have a lot, you know, a lot of writer producers in the room, writer's room arguing, and there are people for it and against it. I, I was one who started to get squeamish about it, to be honest with you. I started to think like, yeah, you, we have to make him, he loves this woman. I mean, obviously. No, but, he uh, loves Julie, right? He loves yeah, Julie, yeah, yeah. right? So, but yeah. Who's amazing, was, right? Who's amazing? He's, I mean, that's. That's, a, that's someone that Danny, every time we talk about like writing for yeah. someone, you've always yeah. said, Ty Burrell, you're like, that's uh, like a gift. It's just a dream. Right he just him. always turns your words into so much more than you had imagined. And you know, his, his like, eyes, right? Like his face, like his facial expression in the moment, like even <laughs> when he doesn't say anything. And he does, he does uncomfortable so well. Completely. He's just like, he does it, with, and it's in the smallest way. He never does any, it's like, which I admire because it's sort of- He's he, the king of fidgety, right? He's the king of fidgety. Completely. Oh man. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass that along, and I'm gonna send this to those guys. Um, also, I was gonna say one more thing. I watched Palm Springs on Hulu. How is that? I haven't seen it. I hear everything about that. Everything. Don't read anything about it because I didn't. It. I went into it blind, and I was so pleasantly surprised. You just posted about that, right? Did you? Just I, post I about did just it? post about it. I was like, don't don't. Look yeah, I'm gonna watch it. it because it it's not at all what you would even think. And I love Andy Samberg, and he kills. He, oh, I can't wait to watch it. It's. It's so so good. I that and I think then, I think Andy is super underrated, right? As a creative, yeah. not just as an actor, right? But I feel like this his creative side, but even him and Jorma and all those like those are great. Every now and then, those are great every now and then I'll cut on Turtleneck and Chain and just listen to it, right? Yeah. And even without the even without the SNL video components of it, the 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 way that they appropriate the culture and create music. They they do joke rap better than some people do real rap. Yeah, and I'll just be I'll just be honest about. I love that you say really, that because really I feel that way too a lot of the time, and it's like I don't want to say, but it's like I do feel like that's like 
absolutely legit what you guys just did. It just feels legit to me. And I really do love rap. It's weird to, you know, I, but I fucking, I've loved it forever. I love, I, I remember the first time I was at like, I was in high school. I was at a dance and somebody played the message and I couldn't have gone to a fucking whiter oh, high school. And, and it was like just white suburban Jersey. And I heard the message and people were talking. It was like, I was like, shut the fuck up. Listen to this thing. And it was like, and it was like, I, cause that was like, that was like, that was the first like real, it was that in Sugar Hill Gang, which is the first things I had heard. And I, so I always loved it, you know, so I'm, uh, so no, yeah. They're so, really good. They're really no, good. Yeah. And then, I'll, tell you. Um, I'll, I'll recommend a movie too, right? Okay. Um, sure, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Waves. Oh, I heard about Waves. And it's from a guy that's from here. His name is Trey Edward Schultz, right? Oh, He's actually oh wait, from I met Houston. him before. I feel like I've met him he made, he made he made a horror film called It Comes at Night. Yeah. He's made like three different films, right? And they're all kind of centered around family dynamics and, and as it pertains to certain situations. Waves, I haven't been affected by a movie in years in the way that I was affected by Waves. Right. And it's the kind of movie that you need to block out time. Mm-hmm. To like literally, so, so they asked me, because I'm on the board for it, and I'll make this very quick. I'm on the board for the Houston Cinema Arts Society. Uh-huh. So we throw a festival every year. And so they told me that um, the, the opening night film was gonna be Waves. And uh-huh. the movie studio said, um, we'd like you to watch this movie first before you interview. Because I, I always interview the, the, the opening night film director or, or writer or whoever it is, right? And so right. they said, we'd like you to see this movie first. And I was like, well, normally I watch it and then I because I'm it. in the moment, yeah, I watch it in the moment and then I can take the experience of watching it and bring it to the Q&A. And they're like, yeah, we want you to watch it first. I'm like, okay. So we set up a private screening and I go and watch it. I cried three times in the movie. I've heard this. I, I walk out and I'm like, I don't even know how to process what I just saw. <laughs> You're just right? wrecked. <laughs> and oh, I'm torn apart, I'm torn apart. And so the day comes of the Q&A, I watch it again. I cry three times again. <laughs> during the movie and I'm sitting there trying to talk to him and like for the first five minutes I'm really just trying to gather myself yeah it's it is such a polarizing movie and if you watch the trailer I've never seen anyone do a better job of misleading you by what the trailer tells you (laughs) because it was it was a this was a top choice of the LA film critics like and so it's like and I hadn't heard of it but I, I've, I, I know a lot about this film, and it's one that's on my list to see. So I'm really excited to see. Do you, is it Hulu? Do you know? I think it, I think it's or? I think it's actually iTunes. Yeah, I think you know, you, I, I think yeah. I buy it. So um, well, that's cool. I it's mean, a, it's I, a must watch. But yeah. you need like you need like I said, it's not one of those movies where you can watch it and then pause it and go eat barbecue or some shit like that. Right. Like you yeah. have to watch it. Lucas Haas is in this movie. No, not Lucas oh. Haas. Um. The kid from Manchester by the Sea, Luke Hodges. Uh, um, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. What's his name? He's so fucking good too. Um, God damn it, he's good. Sterling K. Brown is in the movie, and there's another kid in there. He's the lead character, and he was in the other film that Trey did called "It Comes at Night," which yeah. is like a horror. It's a horror. It which is a really good movie as well, right? It's a horror film, but it really centers around how the family dynamic in dealing with this unseen entity right affects the family dynamic but this fucking waves movie i can't talk about it enough and i okay, brought people I to, to the it. premiere i brought people to the, i brought charles to the premiere and charles 
and his son. And I brought them to, I brought them to the screening. Uh-huh. And we all walk out of the screening and we're like, I'm, I'm going to watch this movie um, in the next couple of days. I'll get your email from uh, Jenny. I'm going to like make sure. Um, I, 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 Please I, tell me about that. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to watch it too. I you guys have enough recommendations. All, the only one I would say is I just wound up rewatching it because the, they, they announced the second season coming in September. Amazon, The Boys. I just saw the trailer for season two, but I still haven't seen season one. I haven't and seen looks, season one yet. Either. I'll watch anything with Carl Urban, though. I'll watch anything then, with you, Carl Let me just tell you something. Yeah. Carl Urban is off. He's off the charts on this. It's so fucking good. I don't want to ruin it. It's like they, but every moment in it, is so precisely written. Like there is a throwaway scene at the very beginning, and like, and it's like, oh, this is gonna be a lovely like romantic comedy, and this with the, these mm-hmm. two, and then somebody's like gone. It's like, wait, you spent that much time establishing yeah. a relationship that is absolute. Like it's a scene that is better than anything you've seen in any romantic comedy, and it's only for like, it's a headpiece to a scene. And I was like, and they took that time with the writing on everything. And it's really, especially like, there's things about it today, like about corporate culture and, and celebrity. And they, they, it's basically celebrity around superheroes. But it's so fucking good. Just, I can't wait for you guys to see it. Yeah. Um, Guy, anything before we go? Have you yeah. seen the show Rami? I still have not seen Rami. Yes. Oh, I, yes. I, yes, Mo, I've seen Mo, that. So, so Mo yes. is in it, right? So Mo Amer who's from Houston is yeah. in it. And now, I don't know if you know, Jenny, Mo has a show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Mo's working on the show. Yes. I'm going to be on Mo's show. Stop oh. it, really? I can't, I can't talk <gasps> about it. And it's gonna be the most unlikely character I love for me. It. And that's the reason, because he was like, I think it would be interesting to see you play this. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna venture into that space. Do it. Fuck it. I, wanna, I wanna be able to, to show range right because it'd be very easy for me to play a version of myself yeah. right it's not as fun but it's no, more no, fun to step all. outside of your comfort zone and do i want to be i want to be challenged because i would love to be in this space i grew up watching i'm a huge fan of movies and television and it's oh, so cool like i remember like me growing up like if there was been one role that i could have played it would have been like somewhere between john cusack and say anything <laughs> and and Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. Like Trouble, little, I remember seeing that with my mom. It's so funny. <laughs> That's such a great movie. It's I'm waiting amazing. for you to put the boom box over your head at the end. I was still hoping you were gonna say Snake <laughs> I, I was thinking you were gonna say Snake Pliskin and then I was really gonna be on board. Uh for, Oh no. Oh my God. I, I Kurt mean, Russell Kurt Russell, I mean Snake Pliskin. Um even Tombstone. Like Tombstone, right. Like, Oh, oh, Tombstone is one of my favorite movies yeah, of all time. Gilmore. I'll watch Tombstone, and I'll just repeat the lines. There's, just... there, there's, no, there's no middle ground with Tombstone. Can we just say that before we get yes. out of here? There's Tombstone no is... fucking middle ground with Tombstone. No. I wrote my thesis in college like on the gunfight at the OK Corral. Like I wrote this whole oh, wow. because of Tombstone. I used to just literally, true story, I would, when my senior year of high school, I had it on cassette tape that I recorded off of the time, like I mean, on the VHS. I would pour some Campbell's chicken noodle soup after I'd been out, <laughs> like party with friends. I'd eat that, and then I'd be like, "You want that? Here it comes!" And I'm just sitting there. I would fucking repeat every line of Tombstone. That movie is unflawed. This, this is, is Val Kilmer's peak, right? Like oh, Tombstone is, well, is Val Kilmer's peak. 
Jenny's always telling me she's not my Huckleberry, which is always. Oh, wait, you're not my. <laughs> I, I just love so how much. I love how how pale he is. He's so pale and sick. He was just tuberculosis. He's so fucking sick. In the movie. Just TB'd out and the whole time. And then every time, I could, I've watched it a million times. When he dies, I'm like, all right, I gotta take a break. All right. <laughs> oh my God, that is one of what. Yeah. I also it's, wanna give a shout out to uh, Frankenstein's lab, my friends. I, love, I was gonna ask you, I love that hoodie. I love that hoodie. Oh, yeah. next, These, next, next time we talk, it has to be just straight film, straight TV. I wanna do that next time. Let's, let's part two this out because. Okay, we're gonna go part two. Let's make that happen in the next month. I want to have a part can two. Can we put? Can we put like a to be continued? Yes. Dot 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 to be continued. Video. By the can way, we do it in like uh, the Back to the Future to be continued. Uh, what, what, what? What? Which of your songs should we fade out to here on this as we go? Play, play his anthem because you guys are such such so player. You guys or, are so player. Or from back side right. to side, which I walk out to. Every well, time that's I your fit, that, but that's. But that's too easy. No, that's that too is easy, easy. Right? That, that okay. is. Okay, so, so, so Bun's Choice uh, guy, get that. Players, Anthem. And by the way, sidebar, when Danny and I were at the DC Improv, and he, <laughs> he was featuring for me, and I told the guys in the back, hey, when Danny walks out, play Pop That Pussy. Yeah. And so Danny didn't know it, so he walks out to the crowd, and he, Danny Zucker, Pop That Pussy, hey. <laughs> Danny was in a sport coat, waving to everyone, just in a sport coat, like, hey. Big old titties. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was my first dance at my wedding. Um, so, uh, <laughs> fun. You're an absolute fucking delight. I can't wait to talk to you again. And I hope, uh, yes, we, we will do this again because we have to finish up so much. We go. Thank you. Uh, follow us all on social media. We love you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. But thanks, Bon. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed this immensely. So much fun. It's such a pleasure to finally meet you. You can't understand. Like, I feel like I know you so well because I've known Jenny all these years, and it's very rare that a Bun Bunny story doesn't come up in our conversations. No, so, it, it, Jenny's, Jenny's just such a genuine person, and I'm very lucky that I'm in a position where I can only, I can decide who I want in my life, and Jenny's yeah. one of the people. Well, you, you no. know, we were, we, we met and then just like, I'm like, oh, I was like such a fan. Like everyone from my high school, like UGK is, I mean, you know, I, I, city. And from, then the, to be from the to, moment, no, from the moment I met Jenny, I was like, this is the person I want to be my friend. Like, period. Like not yeah. an acquaintance, right? Yeah. I want this person to be my friend. That's we became it, fast yeah. friends. We, we and I were, became fast buddies. Jenny and I were friends at first sight. It really was true. We just were. No, everybody loves Jenny. Fuck Chris. Not everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, hey, guys, thanks a lot. I got to fly, but um, it's great to see you. Thanks again, bud.